would be an ecumenical matter! Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. Uh, we're up to episode 14 today. Uh, we're discussing season 2, episode 8, Cigarettes and Alcohol and Rollerblading. Uh, I'm here with uh, Eamon Turbot, a Father Ted fan all his life, and he's here to join us to discuss his Lenten campaigns and the uh, giving up of uh, giving up of the desires and the the addictions, the, what, what would you call it, the temptations that we have <laughs> yeah. of, uh, uh, in our society. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to the congregation, and this one's going all the way out to Atlanta, Georgia, would you believe? Uh, I've had a, I've had a well, you, you just said it, so I believe you. Oh, well, there you go then. So I, <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> I know there's a listener uh, got in touch to me on Reddit. Darth Quig uh, is his username. I don't know how to pronounce that properly or what it's in reference to. Apart from the Darth is Star Wars, something mm-hmm. truly. Uh, or Star, Star Wars, Star Trek. I keep getting them mixed up. It's definitely wars. In wars, right? <laughs> uh, and he said, suggested we should take the podcast to Dragon Con, which is a. You've just lost half your viewership now. Well, exactly. <laughs> I, I was just thinking of that. I might have to that Considering he was, uh, he invited us to Dragon Con, which is a sci-fi and general pop culture uh, convention in Atlanta, which was actually in is Atlanta. Is he paying for the tickets, or? Well, I did look at the tickets; they weren't actually that expensive. It's only about three hundred eighty pound. For reasonable mid-September return, like from very Melbourne. reasonable. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately, the registration for Dragon Con is already closed. But Dragon Con 2017 is on. I just have to find a way of really elongating the podcast to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have actually been thinking of doing. You take a year sabbatical. <laughs> well, I could do that. Yeah, after between season two and three, uh, I was actually thinking of doing. Um, Carrying on with black books and the IT whole Lenihan series, yeah, uh, and maybe even Big Train, because Big Train sort of lost in his career back catalogue, even though it's probably one of the best sketches of all time. Mm, definitely uh, up there. Definitely up there. But we'll, we'll we'll discuss it and we'll come back to you at the end. But uh, yeah, um, Dragon Con after our staring contest, obviously. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the staring championships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this episode, uh, the title. Now we have I've been discussing on the podcast the titles of Father Ted episodes in the early, in the first season especially, were very nondescript and actually quite confusing. This one, Cigarettes and Alcohol and Rollerblading, is actually pretty descriptive because that's what they're all going off for uh, Lent. And also, of course, it has the playing words on the classic Oasis song, Cigarettes and Alcohol. Do you remember that song, Eamon? I do, vaguely. I don't remember the tune of it, but I remember some words from it. Is it my imagination that all I find is Cigarettes and Alcohol? Business about, uh, Something about like not life not being worth living for, and all you need is cigarettes and alcohol. Exactly, yeah. So the, the nine to five shitty work you have to do just yeah. to get your cigarettes, alcohol, and booze it up at the weekends. Uh, so cool, classic of Britpop, and one of the, you know uh, one of, one of the Oasis songs it holds up. Exactly. Well, one of the many, one of the about fifty or sixty Oasis songs it holds up. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was a conversation I've had on my music <laughs> podcast when I launched it. <laughs> uh, but it's one one twelfth of the one of the greatest debut. Well, probably the five greatest debut albums of all time, definitely maybe. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely gotten the head of Graham Linehan anyway, because he decided to name his episode after it. Uh, but we'll get to uh, uh, the second mention of Oasis. Uh, yes, after of course the which do you prefer? Yeah, Oasis, Oasis or Blur. Oasis. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a good discussion about that in the in Father Demo episode, and uh, in in the long term, has your has your opinion changed between Oasis and Blur? 
No, I think it's still Oasis. Yeah, for me it's still Oasis, but a lot of people I know have crossed the uh, crossed the divide. No! <laughs> because, well, Blur kept sort of pushing stuff on, whereas Oasis was being held back mostly by Liam. Just wanted to do... To push singing? Out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to sing it, exactly. And, and then started writing? Well, he didn't try to write, he just sort of tried to challenge channel John Lennon John Lennon's cheesier phase through uh, his songwriting the last album I can't even remember what the name of it was but like half the album's his songs and it's fucking terrible well I, it was a f- only Oasis album I didn't actually buy so I, I haven't actually heard any of the beats, any of the deep cuts on it but yeah we'll get right into it then uh, so this episode it opens up with a very uh, iconogra- iconographic is it, there's a word there's a muscle for you iconographic yeah. image of Ted carrying a cross. Someone carrying a cross. Well, someone carrying a cross, which it reveals to be Ted in the uh, when the silhouette just becomes clear. Uh, it's a very uh, it's a, an image that reminds you of the stations of the cross. Remember the pictures used to be up around the walls of the yeah. chapel. And uh, yeah, those what graphic are, images up around the, the church walls. Graphic <laughs> images of uh, you know cold blooded executions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, these stations of the cross. Now, uh, from what I gather from history and stuff, is that. Jesus wouldn't have carried the whole cross. He would have just carried the, the sort of the base of it, or not the base of it, the sort of the long end of it. Yeah. Well, you see in movies the odd time that he's got like the the horizontal bit strapped to his arms, and he started carrying that, and then yes, that's that's uh, that's then attached to the yeah. to the big bit. So the fact that the what would you call it, the perpendicular came down and hit Ted in the head, sort of ruining his his moment, uh, wouldn't actually be that uh, wouldn't actually be that inaccurate. There. I see you put up the old cross. What's that all about? Yes, well, I thought people might have been confused about where the parochial house is, so I thought I'd put a big cross up in the middle of the garden. Just hope they know it means I'm a priest and not some madman. <laughs> <laughs> some madman's put up a cross. And then he comes in with his nursing store head, and Mrs. Doyle is humming. Now, she has insulted Ted's screaming before, or Ted's singing before. <laughs> And I don't think she's in any position to at all. <laughs> <laughs> because that is that is a horrible screech she's got trying to be melodic. Well, she's in cleaning the windows, isn't she? Cleaning the windows, yeah. So she's doing one of her, um, about the housework. So clearly... She's, she's doing one of her falls yet again. Well, I was going to say one of her falls. It's actually the first time she's done that sort of fall. So this is going to be a joke that'll be coming back in, yeah. the next, uh, in the next few episodes. Recurring? Yes, yeah. And it'll, My it question is, if she struggles to get up, how, or if she struggles to get down, how did she get up in the first place? Well, see, getting up's easier because you just you just climb up. You just use the chair or whatever, but she just climbs There's up. There's no chair beside the, the window. So, so she just would have climbed up. But then, do you know when you're, you're a bit uneasy about getting down or something? Because you're not entirely sure how far down it actually is. Like, do you give it a full jump or <laughs> do you try and just like, ease your... You don't ease fall your head leg? first. Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly she was planning to like just you know ease her front, front leg down. Yeah. Uh, and before she could actually, you know, make a decision either way, she'd already lost balance and was. Uh, By the way, she's doing a terrible job cleaning those windows. Well, we'll find out <laughs> in the first episode of series three that uh, those windows are very hard to clean. <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out later in the episode, it doesn't really matter anyway because they're going to get that room window replaced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, Jack, now um, this is actually going to be a new feature: is the window to your soul. The amount of times people go through that window. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the third time we've pointed already in this in the series, so. Uh, Jack, whenever he, whenever he realised he was in the company of a nun again. Uh, you remember Father Jack, don't oh, you? Oh, yes! <laughs> nun! <laughs> no, it's nun. Nun! Ah! Yeah, very quickly, 
uh, scarboard out that window. And That's it, there's, there's some uh, happy glaciers on Craggy Island. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making a fortune just. Uh, yeah, the Cra- Craggy Island glass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's no sand in Craig Island. I might say they can make their own, but there isn't any sand in Craig Island, is there? It's all, it just seems to be all, uh, like there's no beach. I can't remember the, the overhead shot of the island, so. Well, is it, well, we know there's the cliffs. Yeah. And the overhead shot just seems to be greenery hitting water, so there's no divide there. And yeah. then when Ted goes to the picnic area, there's no, there's no sand there. There's no sand there, it's all stone. So. They're going to have to import, they're probably the biggest import uh, industry. <laughs> it's bread for Mrs. Doyle's sandwiches and glass for Craig Island for a house window. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, John but not the English papers. And Well, not the English papers, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and we have a Meet the Maker. And uh, Meet the Maker is where we spot uh, either Arthur Matthews or Graham Linhan. Mm-hmm. Did you spot him? I did, yes. Where was he? Uh, he walked past the cro- cross and said, some madman's put up a cross. <laughs> <laughs> But Ted was a bit worried that uh, perhaps it might be misconstrued. <laughs> it could be misconstrued even worse, having a big fr- cross near your front yard. Well, as long as it's not fire. burning, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're fine. So he's just a madman, he's not a fucking racist madman. That'll not be until season three, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yes, and then they get a call from our, our old favourites from Rugged Island, Dick Byrne, uh, who wants to make Ted aware of the some of the sacrifices they need to make at this, this time of year as we enter our lords. Our Lord's sacrificial time. Hello, Craggy Island Parochial House Father Ted Crilly speaking. Hello, Ted. Dick Byrne here. Oh, Dick. Well, Ted, I just thought I'd give you a call and wish you all the best for Lent this year. What? Oh, yeah, Lent. Uh, what are you giving up? Being the biggest Egypt in the priesthood? <laughs> Seriously, Ted. If we could just put joking aside for a minute. Lent is a solemn time of year. I know we've had our disagreements in the past, Ted, but at the end of the day, we are both brothers in Christ. Oh. So anyway, over here, we decided we'd make a special effort this year. I've given up cigarettes. Father Johnson is giving up alcohol, and Father Macduff is giving up skateboarding. (laughs) And I must say, the atmosphere of serenity and devotion to our Lord in the parochial house this year is very, very special indeed. Right. (laughs) So what about it, Ted? Will you make a similar effort? Will you join us, Ted? Will you go the extra mile this year? I, I suppose you're right, Dick. Uh, I suppose we should make a special effort. It'll be worth it, Ted. God bless you. Uh, goodbye, Dick, and... Um, God, God bless you, Dick. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so he feels a call from, uh, from Dick Byrne, and he actually gets a zinger back at Dick Byrne for the first time. <laughs> uh, He's very smug with himself as well. <laughs> he really enjoyed getting that zinger in. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dick asks him, uh, sorry, what are you giving, uh, are you, uh, Dick says, are you giving anything up? And Ted says, what are you giving up? Being the biggest Egypt of the, the priesthood? <laughs> uh, but uh, Dick, he's a real... Um, Dick? He's a real, like, real smarmy arsehole as well, though, isn't he? Because like, when he starts saying, no, we have to be really pious, we have to be really serious about this, it's a very serious time of year. Like, you can see, he's just fucking loving, just, <laughs> just indulging that fucking, uh, that manipulation that he's... Yeah, that he's then, you, then you can see the guilt on Dermot's oh, face. Exactly, yeah. Right Sorry, Ted. Father Ted's face. Yeah, we, we, we and, uh, yeah, so, they've decided then, uh, under the uh, provocation of Dick Byrne, that they're going to give up their, their Lenten, uh, their Lenten campaigns. Well, their Lenten campaign is to give up cigarettes, alcohol, yeah. and rollerblading by Ted... Jack and Duco respectively. Uh, who do you think is the hardest job out of those three? You would say. I would say definitely Jack. 
yeah, coming off the drink <laughs> is quite a, quite a difficult one. But over the course of the episode, he seems to be on having the easiest time staying off the booze. I suppose once you get it out of your system. Yeah, then, then you don't need to go back to it. Yeah. Unless you have to face. He's just constantly just topping up. So he was. <laughs> <laughs> just never letting, the, never letting the sobriety sort of rear his ugly head. Yeah. Drown that, that, Dur- that hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stay away from the hangover. Uh, but yeah, you'd think that Jack would have the hardest time, but he's, he's not. I suppose the cigarettes as well are actually addictive. Yeah, well, yeah, they're more addictive than heroin, so I've been told. I've read that somewhere <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's he, sister of something doesn't pay him much attention so he seems to be doing alright for himself <laughs> I think she's afraid of him more than anything well, that, that probably has a lot to do with it uh, and the fact that Jack uh, Ted has hidden his stash yeah. very very effectively do, do we find out where he goes after he goes out the window is that is that the last time we see him in the episode apart from the last yeah. shot yeah it seems to be yeah until he comes back with his four his four optics of <laughs> sorry five optics of whiskey and uh, yeah since we, since you brought that up I will just open the drinks cabinet and uh, put into the entry there was a, a bottle of Powers which has already been in there right a few times yeah. have, you ever, have you ever had Powers? Uh, in hot whiskeys only so is that like the sort of entry level whiskey just for the shit whiskey that yeah, they put into the, the hot stuff. <laughs> well patty I've never had patty either and it looks like there was patties up there yeah, yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen any of those bottles for fucking years now. Like the patties bottles. Hmm? The patties bottles. Well, the powers are patties. Not even an off license or something. Mm. There's definitely a poster up last night when I was out drinking. Of of a powers bottle with a hot whiskey recipe beside it. Was it a, a current poster? As in, had some uh, marketing company put it up in the last few weeks, or was it one that was sort of an antique? No, it was. It looked new. It, oh, it yeah. still had a bit of shine on it. Like, but so do you are are trying to trying to jump into another uh, profit making exercise with it? Is there uh, it? It seems to be the go to hot whiskey. Well, we're not hot We're nowhere near hot whiskey season. Like. No, we're, we're not. In, we're in the tail end of July at this point. But Ireland's always hot whiskey. Well, weather. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking out. There's sunshine. Yeah, there is actually sun. Yeah. But I take that back. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> but when we started the episode here, it was teeming with rain. So <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get with these crazy things. Uh, but there was Powers, there was Smirnoff, which I haven't actually had seen Jack drink yet. Or vodka yeah. of any sort. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a vodka man. He doesn't. Uh, gin. It was the cork dry gin. Mm-hmm. I do remember the old CDG bottles. Uh, they, were, they were always very iconic. Uh, there was Powers Gold Label. And then there was. Now, we discussed this, we couldn't actually figure out what the label in the bottle was, but it looks like a black label ruby port of some kind. We we paused it and everything. No no reading that. Bloody all four with their standard deaf output. (laughs) It's the second time I've had to chastise you all four. Come on, get your acting Well, it originally came out in VHS, so can you imagine trying to pause that and see what it was? (laughs) The three big big lines. Yeah, (laughs) and the screen shaking. Yeah, yeah, the the dear departed VHS now. Yeah. Uh, I, bet you, I bet you the ones that Ted and Dougal got in the house are probably still working. So is that just single VHS players? Because you can get like VHS players with a DVD player built in so that you can like transfer your tapes over? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look into it that much. I just know they're not manufacturing VHS. I think it might be all VHS players. Yeah. Because that would be the... But did you know they only stopped manufacturing Betamax tapes six months ago? <laughs> So like you thought, you thought VHS had won the war, no, they barely won the battle. <laughs> Six months—that's all it took. Yeah, <laughs> they were just waiting, waiting for Betamax to stop, and then they were like, "Ah, oh, 
Finally, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> lads, we've been fucking we're holding on to this for years. We've bankrupted ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get the last laugh. Fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, I, I don't know, but uh, upset to hear the VHS is going out of the way because... Because you might want to buy one soon. Well... It might, it might do the old uh, record player and come I, back with I hipsters in about 20 years' time. I think it's, it's already started because I, I posted it, I saw this, I saw it on Twitter on some like random website like Boing Boing or something. Uh, is that a porno a, website? Or no, it's not actually. It's a, Mr. Skin? It's an American sort of type uh, tech website. But uh, <laughs> one of your minds you go there, <laughs> and this is Sunday as well. Bunga bunga. dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Boing boing dot net. So <laughs> uh, but I, I don't even think that was the website actually. After all that, I've just given them free advertising. <laughs> wasn't even the right website. But anyway, uh, so I posted it on Twitter, and then uh, I posted how Google Google's one's probably still working. And then the next day, every freaking website I went onto, there was a little amount of VHS uh, makers. So. It's already happening. You'll be like, oh, it looks better. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't get the hipsters starting that night. Yeah, actors look more attractive when you couldn't see their face properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All I needed was four dots. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the VHS players, like, I've at home in Oma, I've got a bookcase, three shelves of bookcases. Uh, zero books. <laughs> zero books, all VHS tapes, two tapes deep, by the way, on oh. each shelf, and each tape has three films recorded onto them. So that's my fucking movie collection. Illegally? Uh, no, off the TV. So, uh, yeah, we set the video plus. Remember having to set the video plus with the three uh, code. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the legality on recording from the TV? Well, uh, it went to court, and uh, I think it was JVC. Well, I think it was like about cassette players. I think I mentioned this somebody before. Um, the JVC were being sued because they were putting recordable functions on 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 uh, cassette tapes, like audio cassette tapes, mm-hmm. and they said, well, you can't blame us for people using the uh, technology incorrectly. That'd be like suing the rope industry for people using to strangle people. Mm-hmm. That was their that was their get around, but it, it sort of meant it was unofficially illegal then, or unofficially legal, because it wasn't illegal, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So nothing's illegal until there's a definite point at which you say it's illegal. So it has, the statement has to be made. So at one stage murder was legal? Until somebody, uh, until somebody made the yeah, just until somebody passed a law decreeing it's that that's the development of society is when somebody has to decide right what's the rules we're going to live by here, and uh, yeah, so when we can get into a whole society, that'll be another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that would be an ecumenical matter. Yeah, that, that'll be episode fifteen or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dearly departed VHSs. Yeah, we'll never see you like. No, I remember my first VHS was RoboCop. And what age were you in <laughs> Too young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Far too young. <laughs> it was in 18, I think, and I don't think I'd reach my teens. When was it out? 88 or something? Well, it would have been VHS. Out in VHS, yeah. I'd say it was about 10 or 11, around that age. Yes, and you were watching, like, it was excessively violent, those 80s films. They were oh, excessive. Yeah. It was in 18. It was. Yeah. I don't even think it would be in 18 now, it just wouldn't be. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> 18x or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh yeah, one last thing on the Meet the Maker. Um, it's 5 2 now to Arthur. So this is Graham's second appearance. Uh, do you reckon he'll claw it back? It'll have to be some crazy scoreline like uh, Arsenal Newcastle. Uh, I don't think so. They both, they both appear in the, the airplane episode, don't they? They do, yes, and apart from that, I'm struggling to think when, when else they do. I'm struggling to remember season three at all. 
Uh, well, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I will be, it will be uh, keeping keeping an eye out. I think it shows up in the Victor Meldrew episode, but I need confirmation on that. And there's a few other episodes where there's just a crowd of priests, and they'll probably be just making up numbers in the background. Yeah. Somewhere. But uh, I will be, will be keeping saving on those extras costs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was it. I mean, that's that's seventy pound a day out of your budget, <laughs> <laughs> plus food, plus transport. Yeah, uh, and you think about all those bottles of whiskey that they had to buy, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, the extra, extra's getting a hold of them. And the Cliffs, cliffs of Moher, is that where? Uh, yeah, I think... I think it's supposed to be the island, but the it's uh, actually the, the stock footage of the cli- Cliffs of Moher. That's where the uh, Holy Stone formerly resided. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love their stock footage bits. The where they're like looking out the window and there's like a herd of buffalo <laughs> well yeah because uh, I was saying that that was like the very first instance that I can think of of cutaway humour yeah. which of course Family Guy made a name of itself for uh, I mean the Simpsons early seasons did it as well where they would just sort of cut away to my memory or something but yeah. that was a very uh, this was a bit more inorganic in that they it was quite obviously a cutaway that didn't actually exist mm-hmm. it was a sort of exist in a parallel universe from them so uh, yeah, so uh, like, he's looking out the window with the binoculars, and you can see ants. Yeah. Close up and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So when, when Ted's talking to Dick, and they, they uh, Dick says, oh, "And God bless you, Ted." <laughs> Ted really has to struggle, <laughs> dig deep to find the will to say "God bless you" back. But he does it. He manages it. Well, like, <laughs> God, God, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, clearly, Ted is the man of faith in the series. Uh, so. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> well, he, he clearly believes. I think I don't, I don't think that's under, under question. Yeah, he, I think he believes in God, but I don't think he's a priest because he's overly religious. I think he's a priest due to the fact Did it's he? a job. Well, we <laughs> it's a job to do. We find out in the Father's Stone episode the reason he's a priest is because uh, his other brother was a doctor. <laughs> so one, so he one, yeah, <laughs> <a> priest. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, no. He, he, he always has aspirations or dreams of something else. Like yeah. his dreams different, but well. I suppose they do involve him still being a being a priest because yeah, he's still wearing the the dog collar in his imaginations. But I mean, so you can be a rock and roll priest. It's just all that. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just all them freaking rules preventing it. But you know what? Rock and roll is breaking the rules, Ted. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. So he really has to invoke every every ounce of his being to get uh, our Lord to to bless. Dick, so. <laughs> But you know, see, Ted is the better man, even though it's much easier for Dick to actually get the words out. <laughs> but uh, Dougal's very frustrated that, of course, he'll have to give up his rubber breathing. So, that's it. I'm giving up the fags. Father Jack, I think you can give the old drink a miss. And no more rollerblading for you until Easter, Dougal. Easter's miles away. It is, but it wouldn't be a sacrifice if it was too easy, would it? And don't forget why we're doing this. I know, I know, because of the sacrifice our Lord it's made It's much more important than that. I'm not going to be beaten by Father Dick Byrne in a giving things up competition. <laughs> and that's what this is, a giving things up competition. We've got to show him what we can do, especially after that Scrabble fiasco. <laughs> You've never told us what happened there, Ted. Oh, he... I don't know how he did it. He, he must have cheated. He must have. But he got all his words to say, useless priests can't say mass. <laughs> Easter's miles away, Ted. Oh, do, you remember, do you remember that? Having to give up stuff for Lent and fucking... V- vaguely remember? Well, I remember, you, you know, I never gave up stuff. Stuff was given up for me. <laughs> you were told? Yeah. <laughs> You're not in the sweets anymore, James? To, to, uh, well, that's what it was. It was always, you'd give up crisps or chocolate or something like that there. There was never any religious aspect to it. It was 
Yeah, it was just you, you did it because you thought you were supposed to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you broke Lent, geez, that was the worst thing ever. <laughs> you broke Lent? It's not even Patrick's Day yet. <laughs> I remember, like in later years, in my religious religious days, air quotes there, <laughs> <laughs> that it, it turned to you'd go start going to mass more. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> so you you then well what I would end up doing is going to mass, seeing who was saying mass. And then leaving, <laughs> hang about the t- yeah, hang about the town about forty-five minutes, and then walk home again. And then my mother would be like, "Oh, so who was saying mass?" And then you tell them who was saying uh, mass, yes. and you'd be like, "Ah, so yes." You have to get out because yeah. that was always the test uh, question: so who was saying mass? <laughs> but the thing was, it was only ever one of two priests, either the Catholic curate or the parish priest. So you had no, a 50 chance anyway. In in Oma, there was there was more than two. Really? Yeah. I suppose almost a big parish, I suppose. Yeah. So, like, how many priesthood? From my memory, there was at least three. Three, uh... But then they, they kept rotating them as well. Well... There'd be ones leaving and new ones coming in and... So, oh, so there's always just, like... It was almost just, like, the first protocol if they got to the seminary or something? Or I think... I think the seminary, even? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was the first protocol, because it's a big... Big parish, like, yeah. it'd be a... So almost not a prestige same. sort of job. Yeah, that'd, that'd be the one... You're halfway to the bishopwood if you get the parish priest in there, was it? Yeah. Well, I was about to say, almost a different diocese in Fitna. Isn't it? Because di- Fitna was Clogher Valley. And Oma is something else, isn't it? What, what bishop in terms of it? Yeah. It's like, was it Derry or something like that there? Cause they always that's right, actually, yeah. Yeah, they always mention the bishop of Derry, so. Oh, well, that'd be it then. So, cause I, even though we were like, I grew up eight miles away from you, I was considered a different. Uh, I had a different bishop and everything, and the Clower Valley stretched from one side of Donegal to fucking half the other way outside of Armagh or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they probably just had different different ways of doing things in Oma. Fucking heathen bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Ted doesn't like the idea of having to lose in a giving things up competition. Because that's all it meant, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> giving things up competition. Uh, yeah, I, I used to have to give things up as I said. It's not, it's not the sacrifice of our Lord, which Dougal was trying to say to him. It's <laughs> <laughs> much more important than that. <laughs> uh, and then he really doesn't like losing. It's much more important as uh, beating Dick Byrne because there was a Scrabble fiasco. Now, we can keep in tabs <laughs> the board games we've been playing. And Scrabble is now entered into the uh, board games room. Uh, but however he did it, he got to say, uh, stupid priest, useless priest can't say mass in Scrabble. Do you ever play Scrabble? Uh... Yeah, not really, no. I, I played the other night. Uh, I got 108 points in one turn, which I was quite proud of. Did you say useless priests? No, what I was about to say, it is very hard to manipulate, especially to that extent. <laughs> so, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty obvious. That it uh, was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he must have just had the pile just behind the chair or something. He bought an extra board game so he could get more tiles. Yeah. <laughs> so he could get the right Because you'd notice if there was that many tiles missing. In like. the bag. Yeah. Uh, but it's fucking expensive though. Like it's like thirty quid a box. Yeah. For what is essentially a bit of a bit of cardboard with well, All board games are expensive though. Yeah. You're paying for the idea, not the actual pieces. Well, it's alright, like at least with Scrabble, you're likely to get your you get your use out of it over the years. But when you get but, but what also you what you could also do is just play it online for free. Yeah, no, but the, I do see I, I play on my phone, but it's not the same as, you know... Having a board in front of you? Yeah, well, seeing the person's face when you lay down 108 you points. Could, you, <laughs> could put, you could put it up on the TV and play it that way. £30 is actually pretty reasonable for a board game. Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If it's something like Monopoly or Scrabble, you'll actually play a lot. But you get one of these you get one of these board games 
what that I that I play. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the ones you play, you get good use of them, like the Catan and stuff. Yeah, and there's a Battlestar Galactica, which we have the three expansions for. Oh fuck! <laughs> you don't even have Dungeons and Dragons. Like, what is what is wrong? So with that you? that's like a hundred and twenty quid. <laughs> oh, holy fuck! <laughs> but if you get one, if you get a board game and it turns out to be a pile of shite, and you just throw it straight back in the cupboard and never look at it again, it feels like a very, very fucking wasteful thirty quid. Well, I used to get board games. My mother used to buy board games at Christmas time for us to play. Shut us up for a yeah, for a couple <laughs> hours, but never played any of them. No, it was like all the, the Monopoly ones, like, you'll pull it out maybe once a year. And it's, it just seems like an awful waste of money. But the, there's some board games that you bought, and honestly, I don't think the box has ever opened. Yeah, I think it's free in our house as well, actually, yeah. Jack doesn't like the idea of having to give up uh, booze for our lord. Who wants their afternoon drink? Drink? Oh, yes! <laughs> no! No! No, Father Slend, remember you said you'd give it up for a couple of days. What? Do not remember, you said you'd offer it up for our Lord. Arnold? Who's Arnold? <laughs> Arnold? <laughs> Who's Arnold? <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so Ted, Ted Heist. Well, Ted, Ted decides that Jack has given up base. Well, that's a Lenten tradition. Isn't <laughs> yeah. it? it gets decided for you. And he decides to hide uh, Jack's booze in a very, very uh, effective place to hide, <laughs> hiding place. You think, why didn't he rest his money there instead? <laughs> and he'd be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> well, no, he wouldn't. He'd be laughing all the way to his secret hiding cave. Uh, I'd say if he used that too many times, so he'd probably be dead. Well, the only, the only people who'd have to worry about finding it would be the famous five or something. <laughs> like, who visits Smuggler's Cove. <laughs> 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 why is all this money resting in this priest? <laughs> Just resting for a long time. Well, it's a good long rest. <laughs> I mean, the, the money cycle is very... It is very hard on, on the actual cash going through it. Like you think, you have a ten in your pocket. You, you buy your newspaper or whatever. That ten is then used, given change to the next person. They could be using it then to buy their cigarettes in another shop. They could then be using it, uh, and you know, within two hours, that tenner's passed through twenty different hands. Yeah. You know, it needs to rest every so often. That's all Ted's trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Arnold, who's Arnold, for me, and it is, it is, it does have a contender later on. Is the line of the show. The other one would be when John and Mary show up. Don't make a show of yourself in front of them. Well, yes, Father, I know, Father. You're so great, Father. Oh, you make me sick. I don't know what you're talking about. You're feckin' worse. Oh, Father, you're brilliant. Oh, Father, you should be Pope. Doesn't impress him. Makes me sick. God, you're an awesome divot. Oh, Father. Hello, John. Hello, Mary. Oh, Father, you look wonderful. Is, is that a new outfit? Uh, we thought you'd like some Easter eggs from the shop. Oh, that's terribly nice of you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think it comes to about eight pounds. <laughs> we thought we'd bring it down to you. We're going on holidays and we're not sure when we'll be back. Yes, we're, uh, we're going to Rome. Oh, so looking forward to it. <laughs> we might see your friend. Who's that? Sophia Loren? <laughs> <laughs> no, Father. The Pope. <laughs> He's no friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is John and Mary's fourth appearance. I think it might be their final appearance, uh, as far as I'm aware. Because they have uh, they got appeared. De- definitely my favorite of the the side cast. Uh, John and Mary. Yeah. Well, they they showed up in the in the first three episodes in a row, and by the third episode, it was getting a bit tired. Mm. Uh, so then they've showed up about three weeks ago, and now they showed up again. It's 
sporadically. Yeah, so I think when they spread it out a bit more, it was a bit more effective. But this one, they uh, well, they come all the way down to Ted's house <laughs> to offer him his Easter egg. At a cost. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they didn't. Uh, at least they didn't. Uh, it comes to eight euros, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or eight pounds. Eight pounds as well. Back, back then, yeah. Pre pre EU. But uh, Ted gives them a note and doesn't get any change back. Well, there's finder's fees and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was about to say, at least they didn't charge for delivery. VAT. What's well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ted, uh, they say they're they're going holiday to Rome. Uh, that's a bit of a. <laughs> I imagine them too on a on a an airplane. <laughs> better hope there's a priest involved so they can actually stay stay calm. Stay civil, yeah. Cause well, they're going to Rome, so maybe there is. No, well, that's yeah. They're no, they might turn into they might uh, run into Ted's friend, <laughs> Sophia Loren or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope, sure, he's no friend of mine. <laughs> so that was the contender for line of the show, and I'll let you actually have the setting vote. That was Arnold's. Who's Arnold? Arnold. I'd have to go with the Pope line. It was more of a laugh out loud moment for me. Like. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, it, it has been quoted a lot more in my personal experience. Yeah. Than else, <laughs> and Arnold, who's Arnold, could be. Well, you might think it's Hey Arnold or Arnold Schwarzenegger or. Yeah. You don't know who, who Arnold? Who's Arnold? You don't know which one of these you're giving up your booze for. I always thought it was Ireland. Ireland. Who's Ireland? Like that? You thought that's what he said? Or Ardle? Oh, I never. I always thought it was Arnold. Arnold. We should have the. We should have the clip ready. The captioning up. Ah yes. Do they even have captioning on all four? I don't know. The Paralympic broadcaster. They would need to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm really stupid. And to think, I was actually going to ask them for a sponsorship for the Black Weeks podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, you should start a. Start a petition. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Jago, uh, Ted gives up cigarettes, and I, I watched uh, literally just last night. I watched an episode of King of the Hill from the first series where they give up cigarettes, and it's actually a brilliant uh, portrayal of you know people just getting so fucking wound up because. See, I, I've never understood this because I was a sporadic smoker for quite a few years, uh, and the giving up process was pretty easy. You just uh, I just away. stopped smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand this addiction. Well, so, some people do just drop it, like a, a, a day's notice or something, and they'll just stop smoking and that'll be it. Yeah. Some people have a real problem. See, half of it is what you do with your hands. Like, because you're so used to, like, just reaching your pocket, picking out a cigarette, and just. Out of boredom, just? Yeah, and just out of, you know, fidgetiness. And, mm. you know, and then it's like, oh shit, what, what am I doing now with my hands? I like, can you start fucking getting happy and. Uh, like that, uh, Talladega Nights, is it? What, what is he doing there? In the Frankie the Boyle show? No, not the Frankie Boyle show, the, the race car show with Will Ferrell. Oh, sorry, yes. What's the Frankie Boyle show? Tramadol. Tramadol. Tramadol nice. Something to do with Tramadol, yeah. It's Tramadol Nights, I think, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's, that's the jug, drug of choice in Glasgow. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's like won his first race and he's getting interviewed by the guy for the first time on TV. And he's like, um, so what do I do with my hands? Uh, no, it's okay, just keep them by your side. And during the interview, his hands start coming up into shot. <laughs> to start raising his hands. And you guy has to put his hands down for him. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Just because you can't, you can't put them on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so the King of the Hill episode was also screened around 1997. So, and this episode would have been screened in April 96. So this was coming to the tail end of 
smoking being anyways acceptable or mentioned on TV at all yeah yeah well the King of the Hill episode had Bobby Bobby is the young child in mm. uh, King of the Hill and it opens with him smoking he finds a he finds a discarded cigarette box with a cigarette in it and him his friend just have a cigarette yeah. and shows him inhaling and everything and then Hank's uh, punishment is to make him uh, make him smoke an entire carton yeah and that, Th- that reminds me of something that my aunt done to me <laughs> <laughs> what, you smoking or <laughs> yeah it was like as, as a child I was younger than 10 anyway and most of my family members smoked and one of them had put, put a cigarette in an ashtray outside and I picked it up and smoked it and then she made me smoke a whole cigarette until I was sick <laughs> <laughs> and well it sort of worked because you only smoke sporadically yeah true true yeah. Well, and I was able to give it up yeah <laughs> Well, I don't smoke cigarettes. Hint, hint. <laughs> but, uh, uh, one time I'm 420. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking uh, on the nose of Jesus. Uh, but uh, the one time that I did have a cigarette was actually Marty, uh, who was in episode, uh, that Europe was in episode with us, episode 12. Uh, he offered me a cigarette when we were out drinking one time, and we were, we were about 18 or something. And uh, I had about two pints at this stage, and I took a drag of the two cigarette. Two pints. Two pints. <laughs> and I took one drag, and it instantly felt like I had about ten pints in me. I instantly fell back and felt like, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking wasted right now. I, I, I can vouch. Immediately home. I can vouch for the the hangovers the next day are worse having I, smoked with drink than... Than without? Yeah. Uh, what were you drinking with it? Because I've noticed hangovers are worse with eel than with lager, which is really, really annoying. I'm not really a big... Well, I suppose I was drinking Smithix. Oh, see, there you go. See, whatever it is about the wheat that needs to escape from your whole body and yeah. just sits there and makes you feel really heavy for like two it's days. It's like giving birth. It's worse than giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> from my personal experience. Yeah, I've never given birth before that I didn't like. <laughs> they go off on their, uh, their vices and within minutes... They're already getting into <laughs> Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes and Ted's got a sweat on. <laughs> and he starts imagining Dougal as a human-sized cigarette. Now, we have seen uh, we have seen that portrayed a lot of times in, in different media that when somebody's trying to go off something addictive... Well, when I seen that scene, I thought to myself, it's the, the giant roller blade. I thought, is that how they came up with the episode? They've got a giant roller blade and props, yeah. and they thought to themselves... <laughs> Do you know what would work here? <laughs> if, we, if we had the hallucinogenic system? <laughs> uh, possibly. Uh, there, I mean, there's been a few big train sketches, I know for a fact, that just came out of like, stuff they found in the props uh, department. <laughs> um, one of them in particular was uh, they had a horse's head, just a, it's a, a plastic horse's head, <laughs> and they were playing Eric Clapton's um, Tonight, what is it called? Wonderful Tonight. Mm. <laughs> and the horse is just putting on makeup in a mirror, in a stage mirror and everything. <laughs> and, uh, d- doing the eyeliner and doing lipstick and everything. And then the, the camera just pans away and you hear a gunshot. <laughs> and that was all uh, from the DVD commentary. They were just saying, oh, we found this in the, we found this in the props yard. And we thought, it didn't be really funny. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe if they were struggling to figure out what Dougal's, Dougal's vice was, because he's not, he's not a person who has vices, is he? He mm. is genuinely such a, an innocent and... Uh, you know, genuinely good person, childlike, childlike, if you will. Yeah. That he doesn't have any bad vices. <coughs> uh, like, so rollerblading, which isn't a vice at all. It's actually good exercise. It's a test of pride me on. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> we know we, we know it doesn't get very much because 
he, uh, he sleeps, sleeps in at 11. Mm. It's, it's not the point that it's a vice, so it's something that he enjoys, that he has to give it's up for, for, yeah. for Lent. Because <laughs> none of our Lord likes and seeing us suffer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they're really struggling to get through their first night. And Miss Doyle isn't on night duty tonight. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah, I yeah. noticed that. So, what's she been playing at? The one time when they need her, she's not, she's not there. <laughs> so, but they all. But she, she must be, because uh, we found out later she's going to St. Patrick's Hill or whatever. Oh, yeah, she's, so off, she's off packing her bag, clearly. Yes, she's getting her stuff ready yeah. for, for her uh, pilgrimage. We'll speak about pilgrimage in a second, by the way. I do want to come back to that. Uh, but they, uh, they, they all have independently come up with the idea of going out to this outhouse, which we've never seen before, <laughs> uh, and to indulge their own vices. Uh, Jack, oh, is it an outhouse or is it just a shed? Well, it's a shed of some sort. Yeah, it's disconnected from the house outside, so it's outhouse. <laughs> but not not an outhouse in terms of a lavatory. It doesn't have to- a lavatorial yeah. facilities, I don't think. No, but uh, it's probably where the shears are kept and stuff. <laughs> all the power tools, yeah. Doyle has. Uh, but uh, Jack is about to swig from four-door polish, and he doesn't actually do it. So I think officially it can't go in the cabinet. But we, it does come up I, with floor I, polish. I have, floor. I, have an, I have an issue with the floor polish, though. What's the issue? Ted goes to get his cigarette from the bin. He staples it back together. Yeah. Genius bit of handiwork. <laughs> <laughs> you make guy for a cigarette. A but earlier in the episode, he put a bottle of whiskey in the bin. Ah. So why didn't he just retrieve the whiskey? Yes. Because he wouldn't have known Ted would have been there. Because he's already seen, he's gone into the room and seen Jack. So how would he have got to the kitchen, though, to get the floor polish? Well, it's a very that big house. Yeah, I'm assuming that it's yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> well, it could it could have just been some. Could have been in the shed. In the shed. Yeah. Either it could be just some storage room, but it is a very big house. One one room's dedicated entirely to board games, as we as we proselytized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one to power tools and one to floor polish. Oh, actually, because they bought shitloads of floor polish when Drac drank it. Uh, do you remember he when he died? Oh, that's right, yes. <laughs> floor polish. So floor polish can actually go in the drinks cabinet. I better just write that in now, actually. Yeah, so, so J- Ted stapling his cigarette back together. Did a reasonably good job of it. Now, when I said I don't smoke cigarettes, I did say I smoked something else. Well, one, one time I was, when I was a student, I was, we were stuck for uh, a for joint paraphernalia. <laughs> we, had, we had the cigarettes and we had the weed. We had nothing else. <laughs> so we, uh, <laughs> we got some newspaper. Use that for paper and uh, for rolling paper, and then we got stuck together with honey, <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that was my attempt to roll a joint. It did actually work, and that we did manage to smoke some of it, but it was probably the worst, worst rolling, the worst MacGyvering of all time, I'd say. In terms of it falling apart, or well, no, it, it well, you had to sort of hold it at the honey bit, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just the whole way down. Uh, did the, did the honey add anything? Well, no, the, the ink and the paper was probably poisoning us enough. That, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, that any any beneficial effect the honey made it would have made to the flavor or health uh, health of the, uh, the the construction was completely hampered by the ink and the just the sheer quality of the paper. But uh, we want to go to Dougal's jumpers as well. He does have a, two, a few natty jumpers as well. Uh, he's got the one with diamonds all over. <laughs> And then the nice V-neck. And there's one later on where he's a knitted V-neck with a red and grey wool. Yeah. So they are actually. I did say last week that I would make a point of trying to keep an eye on these. So they are actually going to town now, Dougal's jumpers. And in fact, one of them gets mentioned uh, mm-hmm. when he was wearing his blue jumper. Yeah. Dougal, Dougal, do you remember Sister Sumter? Uh no. <laughs> she was here last year, and then we stayed with her in the convent back in Kildare. 
Do you remember it? Ah, you do. And then you were hit by the car when you went down to the shops for the paper. You must remember all that. And then you won £100 with your lottery card. Ah, you must remember it, Dougal. And weren't you accidentally arrested for shoplifting? <laughs> I remember we had to go down to the police station to get you. And the police station went on fire? <laughs> and you had to be rescued by helicopter? Do you remember? You can't remember any of that? Huh? The helicopter! When you fell out of the helicopter! Over the zoo! Do you remember the tigers? <laughs> you don't remember! Uh, you were wearing your blue jumper. Ah, Sister Assumpta! Hello there! So, <laughs> they were introduced to uh, Sister Assumpta when we found out that, uh, that they can't actually, they're going to need help to get through their Lenten, their Lenten promises. Yeah, the next day they ring up. The, the Matty Hislops. The Matty Hislops <laughs> nunnery. Which uh, I've read is based on an actual person. Who's the actual person? Is an actual like drunk who like turned his life around through staff flagellation? Yeah, pretty much. Church and harming himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it, some guy from Dublin, Matty Talbot or something like that. Ah, that did something like that came up on the Google Auto, uh, the Google suggestions Google suggestions when I was uh, when I was Googling it yeah so it might be something like that Matty Toll or something or Matty it's definitely T some, some guy from uh, from Dublin and so apparently he's big in America well I was about to say they're trying to get him a sainthood really yeah is he dead already oh he's dead a long time he dropped dead in the street and they found like chains wrapped around him his legs and arms and well I was about to say they sound like an Opus Dei crowd yeah uh, with their, you know, punishment is the cleanser. Yep. And, uh, their ten punishments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your daily punishment. Your daily punishments. But he's in one of the ten, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's in his in his facility, and where the nuns are in the in the on hold facility. There's a painting of him behind behind the, the nuns <laughs> with his hand in a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that for the first time when yeah. I was watching. <laughs> and the, the painting's actually. Uh, is christened the Matty Hislop. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he definitely went all the way then. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there is. I don't think that was one of the ten either. It probably wasn't. <laughs> but there, there is some uh, some elements of the Catholic, you know, extremists. Like, it's a very, very popular in the Philippines, apparently, self flagellation. Uh, where, you know. Within the Catholic, com- Catholic community? I think so, yeah. Uh, I mean, Opus Day is a Catholic. Organization. Mm. This is a very, very extreme one. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was. There was I, I'm, a, I'm at the other extreme of the. You're the other extreme. The Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> do you still put it on your? Do you still put it on your census? Um. What's the last time I did? When's the last time there was a census? Twenty eleven. What to say? No, it wasn't even that long. It was twenty fifteen or something, wasn't it? I probably put non-religious down. Uh, I would have. I would have done that as well. Wouldn't put uh, Jedi or anything down. <laughs> no. Uh, but. Uh, was that Australia they tried to do that? I think there's a few countries where it is a listed option. Because in America, in some states in America it is. In, in America, well, you can put down any church. Yeah, Scientology is a church over there. So. Yeah, well, there's a United Church of Bacon, which is an atheist church. Oh, it's all for tax breaks. So. Yeah, well, that, that's, the, that's the point the United Church of Bacon are trying to make. That, yeah, we can just make a church of anything. And uh, Well, do you watch uh, John Oliver's? He'd done that as well. He formed his own church. Right, right. And was looking for donations. And what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he got loads of donations in. 
So and then he had to he had to shut it down because he was getting so much. Because the money was resting yeah. too well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he asked he asked for some seed money. That's what it was. Uh, there's like evangelicals on TV asking for seed money. So basically, you give them money, and that's you planting the seed, and good things will happen to you. Oh yes, uh, I've heard of things like that. Yeah. <coughs> so there there was one church where the guy had like a private jet. Oh. As, as, he bought it as a, a church expense with money from donations people give him. Fucking hell. Well, I mean, that's what that's what Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the original. The Lutheran? Yeah, that's what he was protesting The original? The, the original, OG? <laughs> but that's what he was protesting against, was that you could buy your way to heaven if you give the Vatican a lot of money. Because he had to pay, like, yeah. yearly gold taxes or something to the Vatican back in the 1600s or whatever it was. So this is just, it's come full circle again, it's now just pay money, buy your way to heaven, lads. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, why, why does nobody see through this thing? Do you know what your money's better for? Buying stuff you like! Because <laughs> uh, it's easier for the poor. That if, if it goes to the church? It's easier for the poor to get into heaven than the rich, isn't that what Jesus said? Then, well, no, it's easier for, for a rich man, it's easier for a camel to get, go through the eye of an eagle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Yeah. I was paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> paraphrasing Jesus, right? <laughs> don't uh, don't misquote Jay Z. All right. Jay Z. Jay Z. Jay Z is a different uh, deity altogether. <laughs> God Almighty! When I think of the sacrifices that Matty Hislop made, who? Matty Hislop. He was a notorious drunkard who found God and then decided to punish himself for his sins. Oh, he used to do all kinds of things. Like he had this terrible allergic reaction to cats, so instead of avoiding them, he used to carry a kitten in his pocket <laughs> and sniff it from time to time. His head just inflated like a balloon. Fair play to him. But uh, the price the price range for Manica Sock Clinic is quite expensive. <laughs> now, you're an accountant, so I want you to come up with the, the figure on what the booking fee is, because it's £150 mm-hmm. plus VAT, which I think at the time was 17.5. Well, not not in the Republic, was it? That, well, how much was it in the Republic then? I'm not sure. How much is it now? In the Republic? Yeah. I'm not sure. It was 20% here. It is 20% here. Is it not like 15 or something in the Republic? It depends what it is. Well, this is, uh, well how would you class this? What, would this be a service that requires value added to it? It was definitely a service. Yeah. <laughs> You're provide, pretty much providing a maid to come around and well, just for <laughs> whack you with a branch. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure a lot of people would pay for. Well, exactly. I would say that's actually quite cheap for a dominatrix. <laughs> and for forty days as well. Yeah, fucking hell. That's pretty, pretty reasonable. They're so short. I mean, fucking hell. Uh, but if the, so, what would the booking fee? Let's assume it's twenty percent then, just for ease of maths. One hundred fifty pound plus that. Twenty quid booking fee. Fucking hell. See, they always just add these little figures on. <laughs> but uh, Ted says two hundred pound. I'm trying to buy cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> they love cocaine on the island. Uh, th- a crack? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, that's just another way of getting cocaine. <laughs> so there, uh, there is some problem. I think. I think uh, Tom's got a nice. Tom's got a nice little number. Getting cocaine on the island somehow. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, we'll probably discuss that again soon. Uh, but we're going to play another. How, how many times has Tom appeared so far? He's had three appearances, so I think he'll show up once more. Uh, but the last one was when the rabbits. <laughs> when he tried to uh, <laughs> exterminate them, exterminate them. <laughs> he tried to take care of them like Al Pacino there. <laughs> uh, but then we see Sober Jack, uh, and it is it is pretty traumatic for him. Well, I'd I'd like to note as well the makeup department's oh, job. Right, right, right. 
Woo. Sorry, we're in South Central here. <laughs> uh, and we have Zyrens going past the window. Uh, say again, sir. The makeup department had done a, a great job on Jack in this episode. Because yeah. he looked disgusting. Yeah, he, he looked <laughs> awful. And his teeth and everything. And yeah. And yeah, his hair and yeah, the whole... I remember watching the... Uh, was it like the 15 year anniversary thing? They had uh, the writers and most of the cast meet up. And one of them was saying that you didn't want to sit beside him. Frank Kelly at yeah. breakfast uh, if he'd had his makeup done because it'd be like bits <laughs> falling off him and stuff oh, and God, I just yeah. thought oh yeah that <laughs> during this episode it looked horrible yeah yeah imagine just sitting over your your fry <laughs> on your paper face <laughs> and then Frank Kelly sits down beside you what you hope is fucking dandruff lands on your, lands on your dinner and you're like oh God there's like God. yellow stuff seeping yeah. out his ears yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh horrible horrible what's up with him Ted <laughs> It looks like the last of the alcohol has left his system. I think he might actually be sober. Is that it, Father? Are you seeing things as they really are at last? Oh, my God! <laughs> That's it, all right. I suppose sobriety for Father Jack must be sort of like taking some mad hallucinogenic. Where are the other two? <laughs> the other two? Ah, I see. The old vision is back to normal. No, there's just the two of us, Father. And what do you two do, then? We're priests. What? Priests? Don't tell me I'm still on that feckin' island! <laughs> well, well, yes, yes, Father. Uh, how do you feel? Uh, must be great to be sober every once in a while, or even every 12 years. Cheer! <laughs> well done, Father. <laughs> Curtains! Yes, that's right! Floor! <laughs> All coming back to you, is it, Father? Gobshite! <laughs> yes! I remember! I remember! Yeah, so he has a tough time, and clearly his drinking has a lot to do with the fact that he's been cast uh, to this island. This feckin' island. This, don't tell me I'm still on this feckin' island! <laughs> uh, so... Like he, he doesn't actually remember their names. Hey, you, you. <laughs> I think that was sampled, by the way, in Avril Lavigne's big hit, Girlfriend. Hey, hey, you, you. I don't like the girlfriend. <laughs> but they, they, they sampled it directly from him. Yeah, yeah. But auto tune and yeah, that, that was, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Uh, just a bit of studio wizardry, and uh, I think they own quite a lot of royalties now, back payments. <laughs> um, you petition him for Frank Kelly. To be on the show, well, I'm, I'm, I've already started. Uh, I've already started changing. It'd be a bit hard for him to be on the show. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Mrs. Doyle goes off to her pilgrimage uh, to Croke Patrick. I'm off on my Lenten pilgrimage now, fathers. Oh, off to St Patrick's Hill. What's that, Ted? Oh, it's a big mountain. You have to take your socks off when you go up it. And once you get up to the top there, they chase you all the way back down with a big plank. <laughs> it's great fun. <laughs> I don't want it to be any fun at all, Father. I want a good, miserable time. Keep me on the straight and narrow. I met a couple there last year, and it did them the world of good. They were a bit obsessed with the old S-E-X. God, I'm glad I never think of that type of thing, Father. That whole 
sexual world. God, when you think of it, it's a dirty, filthy thing, isn't it, Father? <laughs> Can you imagine, Father, looking up at your husband and him standing over you with his lead in his hand, wanting you to degrade yourself? God Almighty, can you imagine that, Father? Yeah, that, this is actually a real thing. If, uh, but it's not the one that I'm most familiar with. The one I always heard my granny and all used to go to was Loch Derg. Yeah. I, I have a few family members who've been to Loch Derg. It appears to be like water and dry toast you get. That's, that's the, the main food you yeah. get all week or something. So when Ted's handed a bowl of water, yeah. that's pretty fair reflection of what But she's not going to Croke Park, Patrick. She says St. Patrick's Hill. Uh, yes, uh, but he then said it was a mountain. Yeah. So Croke Patrick is a mountain. And there is a pilgrimage to Croke Patrick, which was at his peak was getting 20,000 people. Uh, so, so is there like a, a licensing thing where they couldn't say Croke Patrick? Can you say Croke Patrick? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I was about to say it's Crown Copyright, but it's not Crown Copyright because it's in the Free State. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what's, what's the equivalent down there? But what's the equivalent of the Ordnance Survey down the side? But yeah, sure, I don't know why they wouldn't just say Croke Patrick. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was getting, it was getting about 20,000 people trekking up it every year. Which was actually doing considerable damage to the environment of the of the mountain. So All I those people going up with no socks and being chased back down with a plank. With a plank. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the stories always were that you had to go up uh, uphill in, in bare feet on stony ground, and that was your pilgrimage just to just to bring you closer to God. Oh, it's nice and miserable, as Mr. Doyle said. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, it was given such uh, bother to the environment. I think they actually stopped it in 2015, yeah. uh, their last pilgrimage. So who knows where those poor pious ones are going to go? Doctor, Doctor, he's gonna, he's gonna have a field day now. Lourdes. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll have to jack up the price for for lures as well. I remember going to. What's the one with the airport called? Knock. Knock. Yeah. I was about to bring up Christy Murray in the episode, this in this podcast, and I'm going to bring him up again. Cause there's a song called Knock. <laughs> About Knock Airport. About Knock Airport. Yeah. What, what happened to you, Knock? I just remember there being lots of uh, holy water bottles being filled yeah. up, and that's all I remember. Yeah. Really. It's like. We went there now. I don't know if there's a season for Knock. Knock, Knock is another pilgrimage town in Ireland, by the way. But uh, I don't uh, know. I wouldn't say pilgrimage town. Well, another place where a vision has appeared. Yeah. What was the vision in Knock? Uh, it was Mary, I believe, the Virgin Mary. Oh, okay, right. So uh, yeah, so that's that's one of the big ones in. Yeah. So uh, Christy Murray wrote a song about somebody who decided to build an airport in Knock. Like, it's a true story. It is a true story. It's Irish, a the Irish government built an airport at Knock. And. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen America like an airport of a knock because there's absolutely no re- other earthly reason to put an airport in that town no there it's is a, not it's like a town of about maybe 300 people and all of them are just selling bottles of holy water yeah and that's all they're doing it's a good business though well exactly and literally you know, bottling water yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we have the return then of Sister Sumpta who's been sent by the Maddie Hisdok Clinic now she has showed up before in the uh, in the episode with, all, with all the nuns yes God created women uh, she was very unimpressed by Ted's uh, speedy, speedy recital of mass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so she appears to have forgiven him anyway, but she's not quite as uh, she's not quite as fanboyish as she was in that episode. But uh, Dougal, as we mentioned, couldn't remember, despite the adventures he went through, which included uh, going to going to Kildare, uh, getting arrested accidentally, mm-hmm. setting the police station on fire. Well, the police station goes on fire. Oh yes, okay. That was, that was uh, a <laughs> The police station went on fire. Uh, he gets taken away in a helicopter. He draw, falls out of the helicopter and into a what I can imagine, I think what I gather is into a tiger pit. 
Yeah, into the zoo. Into the zoo with the with tigers. the tigers. Yeah, very adventurous. Which is uh, actually quite relevant uh, today. Today, because the tigers. some some a tiger, some wildlife park in China, a woman got out of her car and was mauled by a tiger. Today, as in today, this very day. Yes. Fucking hell! What did she get? She got out. What to? You know, like one of those dri- drive-through wildlife yeah, parks. Safari parks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, she was having an argument with somebody in the car and got out. And then suddenly a tiger jumped out and mauled her. She should have been wearing Dougal's blue jumper. She should have been, yeah. Yeah. I, I I have some issues with Dougal's forgetting. I think maybe What's that? some concussion was had. Well, <laughs> my, well that's a, that's actually a good theory. My theory was going to be that he's repressed all these memories because they're quite traumatic, <laughs> and suddenly he's been triggered. Yeah. Is it Falling out of a helicopter, though, you'd think you'd bang your head. Well, that yeah, exactly, exactly. And you should to talk to NFL players and see, see, what's, see what's happening to yeah. us <laughs> in the cranium <laughs> or wrestlers. Except, you know, wrestlers more attitude, attitude era wrestlers. Well, that, that was more steroid abuse, wasn't it? That was all the headshots from the chairs. Oh yes, of course, yeah, because they're hitting. Apparently, like, that's what was wrong with Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit. Yeah, right. But he yeah. had the the mind of a seventy year old Alzheimer patient or something like that. The brain off. But he was. But when he when he committed uh, his murders, he was his double murder suicide. His double murder suicide, yeah, that, that rolls off the tongue quite nicely. Doesn't <laughs> it? Uh, when he when he did his double murder suicide, he was actually active though. He was booked to be uh, wrestling the next week or something. Yeah, you know? he was still wrestling. So how did not pick this up, or was it just a serious flaw all over the place? Was it? I don't think they were looking for it back then. Well, possibly, yeah. But uh, plus, to be a wrestler, you have to be a bit off the wall anyway. So. Well, it's the whole the lifestyle they have because they're they're constantly traveling. And yeah, and, and you paid know, not much and <laughs> no health insurance. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, just they're know. basically self-employed, aren't they? That's how they yeah, and uh, no employment rights. <laughs> and yeah, they don't have a family. They're not settled. They're you know constantly trying to juice up because mm. they can't keep up with gym uh, requirements if they're. And health requirements of yeah. getting battered and bruised every week. Yeah, yeah, three three times a week you get in your you're falling twenty feet off a ladder and yeah. <laughs> through oh my god, through a table. You just broke him in half. That's <laughs> <laughs> God of my winners. The God of my broken now. That's uh, a Jim Ross quote for <laughs> for one podcast. Um, no such thing. No such thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get onto the Jim Ross podcast first. But every time they go to the mainland, there seems to, they seem to run into difficulties with Jarvis, <laughs> as we'll find out in season three as well. And uh, it's the second fire that Dougal's been involved in after the Black Rock incident. <laughs> so uh, you think he's a pyro? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, evidence is starting to mount. Like. <laughs> so Sister Sumter's regime is very—it's very like a boot camp. Uh, she gets them up at five a.m. every morning. Uh, to start their start their day's punishment, as we said, mm-hmm. with an air horn. Now that's a very nineties <laughs> thing that you'll f- you'll very often find on the terraces of Clonus and other GAA grounds. Would you? Were you one of the ones that uh, carried air horns back in the day? Never. Did you? Were you ever standing beside about ten people? I've, I've often stood beside people and been Definitely. harassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It, I remember. I remember watching like around ninety five, ninety six. I think the last time I was at Clonus was like last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Last week. But uh, yeah, they've got these ones now where you like pump just air yourself, right? And it makes a tooting noise. And they're—I wouldn't say they're as loud as the propeller-based ones, but they're still pretty loud, right? And they're selling them like directly outside the ground. 
but they were selling the air horns outside the ground as well yeah. back in the day um, but there were like every time a point went over even if it was a free kick an easy 20 yard free kick oh. they were still <laughs> worse than a Vuvuzela mm-hmm. worse than the Vuvuzela well I, I was about to say that yeah they're still complaining on the BBC radio I was listening last week about the Vuvuzelas from the but that, the, the thing about them was it was a constant drone it was just <laughs> there was no like celebrating anything it was yeah, just the, just a constant just throughout the match yeah I'm sure that's the way they celebrated if you ever watched the African Cup of Nations before or after that that's the noise you expected to hear <laughs> and it was it, it was noise it was it atmosphere was, yeah, it was noise <laughs> well if you go to if you go to the Emirates Stadium which I have been at and watch Arsenal play you, you could be watching a freaking table tennis match or something for so quietly it's, well, it's definitely quiet yeah you get, you get your chance, so. I went to Crystal Palace Stadium. Uh, Which is what you don't get at Gaelic football. No, no chanting. No chance. Well, I have apart, actually seen... Apart from the ultras. Who's the ultras? The, the there, there's, there's now, like, Tyrone ultras who go around singing songs. There's, like, a group of, about 20 people. I've seen <laughs> them at all the matches. <laughs> <laughs> what, do they have a, have a sector of the, of the stand or something? Of the Sim- of the Jerry Arthur stand or something? <laughs> they don't have a section. No, not the Jerry Arthur stand. <laughs> they don't have the money to go in there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I went to Crystal Palace's ground and the atmosphere there was incredible. It's because it's tiny, though. Well, that does help and the fact that the roofs sort of uh, reflect the sound inwards towards the pitch. Yeah. But th- there was two sets of, if you want to call them, ultras uh, on t- one side of the stand and the other behind the goal. Uh, and they were just chanting to each other back and forth, and it was freaking amazing. Like I was in the middle of one side of them. I was in the I was in the home end, even though I was away. I was an away fan. It was an Aston Villa match. Mm. Oh, uh, but yeah, it was freaking amazing. It depends what team you're going to support, and who they're playing. Well, I mean, I've heard a lot that Crystal Palace is the best ground to go to, and w- it was West Ham, but West Ham's going to be in a, in a big stadium now, so there'll be no atmosphere there because they're about twenty miles from the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> So Diggle wants uh, Pop-Tarts, <laughs> or, or Frosties, or Lucky Charms, or Sugar Puffs. <laughs> and Ted uh, genuinely believes that uh, God has delegated <laughs> <laughs> certain uh, people to... He doesn't handle those kind of things himself, but he has a general idea. He's got a department yeah. for that, I'd say. He doesn't invent them himself. No, he, yeah. But he greenlights them. <laughs> <laughs> he greenlights the project. <laughs> and and more, the, more the better for us all, eh? <laughs> Thank God for those Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Which is also a very 90s thing, isn't it? Well, I was going to say, when was the last time you had Pop-Tarts? They, they do still sell them. They still sell them, but it's not the same. Yeah. Like, they're in Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> when, 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 the evil, when the evil child had to get his Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Sick, your Pop-Tarts are ready! <laughs> uh, and that, that gave Buzz a chance to escape out the window or something. But uh, yeah. I think it's more of an American thing. Well, yeah, they had a phase over here. Remember Lucky Charms had a phase over here, but they're like five pound a box. Yeah. So nobody... Bottom. Where's this? And that mm? is that the the cereal place in yeah, London. In, in London <laughs> the cereal cafe. Apparently, they opened another one now as well. Well, there was like a there was a place in Belfast that opened up that was crisps. The crisps, yeah, crisp sandwiches. Yeah, but it didn't last too long. Well, that that was intentionally just a pop up one. Was it? Yeah, uh, that was for. Um, I was actually taking the piss out of the ones in London. This was week. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a pop up to take the piss out of the I'd be more inclined to go to the crisp one now, I'd say, myself. Oh, I, I, you cannot beat a crisp sandwich. Yeah. Northern Tato, as we've already established on the podcast, not that I'd free state check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you cheese and onion man? or? Uh, Tato, yeah, definitely. 
Um, salt and vinegar doesn't really work on bread for me. Well, I don't like vinegar. No? Salt and vinegar and vinegar, salt and vinegar peanuts, which is another thing, are anthema to me. Mm. I fucking hate them. But I love, I love salt and, I love cheese and onion crisps in a sandwich, yeah. With, with a nice, a nice beer beside it. Just to really, <laughs> to really engulf the flavour in your mouth. And, uh, that's, that's a mean for a man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but part of the regime is to have their morning bath, which is an ice bath outside. Uh, Ted's bath is absolutely filthy. It is, yeah. There's literally like pieces of grass on him. <laughs> he, he clearly needed that uh, cleansing. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's after he gets dragged along with the back of a tractor, yeah. which is a possibility. Could be, yeah. Uh, they might not necessarily have done it chronologically. Filming-wise? Yeah. But they do imply that the ten steps are still to come, so... Well, true, actually, yeah, true. So, well... well Maybe Ted's just that dirty and he didn't need a proper cleansing. <laughs> or they've just found two baths in the field, <laughs> filled well, them up with water and haven't cleaned them out. I was going to say, why, why did they have two spare baths <laughs> just lying around? I don't know, to water the cows or something? Well, they did have a, they did have one spare bath I'd seen in a previous episode. I didn't mm-hmm. actually bring it up at any point. But yeah, usually they're for feeding livestock. Yeah. But uh, have two. But Dougal doesn't seem faced by this. <laughs> he seems content enough in his ice bath. I think he's a, he's an intercounty player of some sort. Of <laughs> and and his duck. And his, his rubber ducky, yeah. <laughs> in fact, very few, very little of the uh, regime is facing Dougal <laughs> at all. He seems to have a, a very high uh, a very high confidence to it. He's uh, so part, part of it, as I said, was dragging him along behind the tack the tractor, getting some tiny Dr- driven clearly by a man and drag it along, clearly two people that aren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they may have to do their, they weren't able to do their own stuff. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> but they, uh, we haven't mentioned this before, they must have a very big budget for stuntmen. Because there's three right there. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. And stuntmen don't come cheap, I guess. Well, you have to, depending on what the stunt is, you have to get a different stuntman for it. To drive in a tractor, you'd need somebody who could drive a tractor. Well, see, that that might not necessarily be a stuntman, that might have just been the tractor owner who just didn't want to let anyone else use his tractor. <laughs> but then had to be paid to dress up as a nun. Well, yeah, he'd have to be screen and his costume time and his yeah. wardrobe fitting day. And yeah, and then you're two stuntmen there. Then you have your ones that fly through the window. Then you have your ones that uh, fall, off, uh, fall off suspended benches uh, when Ted falls yeah. off the bench and everything. True, true. Like there, there's some big stunts they put on the show, like like very ambitious. I honestly thought the one going through the window was actually Frank Kelly. I do, yeah. I think that was him because I couldn't see a cut. Yeah. Uh, but there has been ones where you've seen it from the outside, and you see Ted come through it, and he gets up in American football gear, <laughs> uh, and uh, so I think that they were able to disguise that as a stuntman. But I mean, yeah, like what other sitcom had that sort of ambition? Did you think of like there was none? There was. It, it showed that they're what they're aiming at is like, if it's funny enough, we're doing it. Yeah. And if we can make it funnier, we're definitely doing it. And like they didn't, they didn't hold back. And you know, it's great. Uh, somebody I haven't mentioned on the podcast, Lisa Evans, who's their producer, who was doing a great job to, to actually bring what was on their page to the to the screen to the final product. Like. Yeah. Uh, so big, big props to Lisa Evans, who spells her name with two S's, which I've never seen before since. Well, look, apparently Linehan's scripts are very detailed. In really right in certain scenes, so it, 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 it's yeah. not just dialogue. It's very, uh, very stage, stage direction heavy. Yeah. Ah, I see. I see. I have to get. They do have the script books on sale. Do they? I have, have to get them at some point. Soon. Hopefully before the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the investment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they also have was that like Channel Four website or something? 
they where they can buy them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're in bookshops. I'm pretty sure if you went to Big Easton's in Dublin, you'd probably get it. Mm. Available in all good bookshops. All good bookshops are available, of course. Like Waterstones and. Well, don't mention them because we want to get taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you have to mention them all now because you've mentioned one. <laughs> oh God, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's Sandy's Burns. There is the stoning with what looks like coal. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, definitely coal. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at first I thought it was turf clods, clods of turf, but yeah. uh, at point blank range, like no further than I am from you, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the temptation of the feast uh, with a big turkey in front of her. Well, the, the Chinese Burns was. Is that the, the worst one you free? Do you think it wasn't the worst one? I'd say, but clearly wasn't the worst one for Dougal. Yeah. <laughs> he only got upset when he got pushed afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so she even tries to bite him. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't phase him. So maybe Dougal is actually a prophet of some sort. Maybe that's what this whole thing's been missing. He's the only one that actually has the, the brain power to to see through the hypocrisies and everything. He's the only one that uh, has actually got the the, the message. He's the only one that's got the willpower to get through these these tests. If he was in Scientology, he'd be he'd be he'd be a uh, drunken Tom Cruise man. I think. No. He doesn't have the money to outrank Tom Cruise. Uh, but they, they bump him straight up. Like if you do the wee, you have, you have to pay. You have to pay thing, for it. You have to pay. You have for to pay, test, pay to go up your levels. Oh well, yeah. Your what, what is it? Cumulative is it? Yeah. Eventually, you get a briefcase with a a letter from. Elron himself. Signed. And finally is the bed of bricks, which Dougal again had the foresight to actually take his blankets off, <laughs> so he didn't actually break his back <laughs> like Ted did. Uh, so yeah, maybe Dougal's underestimated as the uh, as the, the member of the clergy. Some kind of prophet. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm <laughs> Either that or he just has no nerve endings. Yeah. <laughs> or they cease to work. Well, he has felt pain when he was holding a, a teapot. <laughs> Ted gave him once. Ted. <laughs> I'm in real pain, Ted. <laughs> uh, he just doesn't show the pain. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. He's a superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a phone call to Larry Duff. I know. I'll call Father Larry Duff. He'll put us up for a while. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait a second, no, he told me not to call tonight. He's got this big important thing on. Now, Larry Duff, uh, he's clearly on the uh, Craig Allen version of Saturday Night Takeaway or something, <laughs> or, or the Cube or something like that, because he's doing a steady hand game where you have a little wire. Uh, what would you call that? Every time the hoop makes contact with the wire, it buzzes. Yeah. And that's you out. And he's about three inches from the end when he gets a call, <laughs> which of course uh, makes him jump and it ruins his uh, concentration. A chance to win ten thousand pounds. Ten thousand pounds. There's no, no. Uh, it's not to be sniffed at. Exactly. Yeah. Especially He'd in '96. Well, yeah, that'd, that'd be worth nearly nine grand, I think. Post Brexit. Post Brexit. But he doesn't actually answer the phone this time, and it, he clearly gave Ted a message not to phone him. <laughs> Because he must be getting really pissed off with this this, phone this mobile phone, yeah. yeah. Which Ted got him, by the way. He needs to get rid of the phone, I think. Well, he's probably he's probably getting really sick of fucking Ted. <laughs> do you think Ted would start taking a hint? I don't know. Back in those days, was there like a call log to so you could see who rang you? Well, did the number come up on the phone? Like, did he have caller ID? These old brick phones, they might have had like a call log, so he wouldn't have seen that it was actually Ted. Yeah. Unless he one four seven one him. 
So we wouldn't see it afterwards. Yeah. No, he's definitely gonna get Ted as what for? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it cost me ten grand, Ted. <laughs> but he's still not dead though. So. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the closest he's been to death is. Well, there was the car going off the side of the cliff. Yeah. Have I mean, you seen that one yet? Yeah, we have. That was his first one. And so then the dogs. The dogs. Was he? I don't think the dogs would have killed him. They would have mauled him, but not necessarily. Mauled him to death. There was a lot of dogs there. Well, there was four on screen. He bought twelve. <laughs> <laughs> And we only know for a fact that there was at least one of them, so it might only be one dog. Mm, true. And with the car going off the cliff, he's tremendous fun, so he would have installed an ejector seat. <laughs> I mean, come on, it makes, it makes sense, it writes itself. Like. So, <laughs> the rugged Ted and Dougal decide to get away from this, this uh, psycho nun that they've, they've uh, <laughs> shacked up with, and they go to Rugged Island, and <laughs> Rugged Island parochial houses are right. What what does Ted says? <laughs> it's right dump. Yeah. Even though it's just it's exactly the same <laughs> at night. At night. Yeah. <laughs> just that uh, looks a bit different from a different angle. <laughs> uh, and they walk, walk through. They walk past trying to trying to see if they can get in, and they see that Dick and Cyril mm-hmm. and Father Johnson are uh, do not have any intention of keeping their Lenten vows, and they're smoking and skateboarding and uh, drinking away there. So they come back and they decide to, and they find. Uh, they find Sister Sumta has been scoffing on the Easter eggs that John and Mary brought them. Yeah. So they send her off to Dick and uh, Dick and Sarah, etc. And to give them their their uh, to give them their their what fors. But then after this, when uh, the story is concluded, we have our first actual post credits joke, which is a, a, it's not a, not really a thing in British TV at all. Like it's um, it's a thing in American TV. And the reason mm. is because they have an ad break yeah. for the credits, so they have a post credits joke for anyone who sticks around through the ads. Um, to make you stick around through that? Well, to give you a reason to. Yeah. <coughs> because there's another seven minutes worth of ads for your four minutes of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the balance all wrong in America. Like, I'm sure you've seen. I've seen The Daily Show where uh, they come back for. Moment of Zen. Yeah. And it's literally for 30 seconds. Yeah. You come back from like a three minute ad for 30 yeah. seconds. Well, I remember being in America and Friends was on. And I'd never seen this before, but they have a joke at the start before the cold open joke. Mm-hmm. And then they'll put the credits. And then they'll have an ad, mm-hmm. and then the episode starts, and within about five minutes they have an ad, yeah. and then another ad, and then yeah. they have added after the credits. And it's like, pff, Jesus Christ, lads, we can't die. <laughs> there is a lot of ads. We're, yeah, whereas over here there's just one one break ad. in the middle. Yeah, which is with the writers write around, as in like they they'll write a joke, yeah. or a cliffhanger into the ad break, and then that'll be it. So it must be torturous watching TV in America. Though. We're trying to script it. Well, yeah, yeah. Like every four minutes, there has to be a freaking cliffhanger. Like mm-hmm. just, it just makes. So I think that was contributed to why, you know, right up until the late nineties, pretty much until ER and the West Wing, that American drama was shite uh, on TV because they build they build for the all four minutes to yeah, a cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So until like get shows like you know ER and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the Sopranos, obviously, when they had no ad breaks, is when they actually started. That's why HBO is much better than than all the rest. All the rest of them. Well, it's I think it's losing its it's lost its it's lost its pedestal now. I think I think a lot of stuff is caught up with it. Mm. Like AMC have a have a big claim to make now. Is it not pay per view as well though? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know how American TV works in America because there's cable, there's basic cable, cable, there's premium cable, there's network television, there's mm. syndicated television. There's like. Why not just have four channels and then Skype? <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> or six channels. Or six channels, of course. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the four TV three came out. 
and Channel 5. That new boy in the block. G.G. Carr and... Yeah. G.G. Carr is probably the one I, I miss most, actually, because you get the Gaelic highlights with proper analysis. Because <laughs> yeah. you could understand it. Well, they have subtitles, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Mr. Doyle comes back, and there's smoke billowing from under the door, and it's because... Uh, there's a fire. Well, not because there's a fire <laughs> for once, uh, in, even though Dougal's involved. Uh, Ted's actually chain-smoking, literally chain-smoking. <laughs> a line of cigarettes that uh, goes the entire length of the table, with four in his mouth at one time. Well, it's more than four, I think. Is it more than four? Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Durgo comes uh, swinging past her in his uh, in his rotor blades. He doesn't even take the time to take a s- the cigarettes out of his mouth to say hello to her. He just puts <laughs> his hand up and waves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, he doesn't yeah he doesn't actually want to you know open his mouth in case they fall out. Yeah. And then Jack, uh, as we've mentioned, the, the drinks cabinet, he's got five bottles of spirits. Uh, One looks like it is. IV style into his hand. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> There's like a wee, what do you call those wee plastic things that they put into your vein? Yeah, your, your, yeah, your IV, your yeah. intravenal. So he's got he's got one of those on his hand. <laughs> so they did that before always sunny then? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Well, always sunny. <laughs> well, they would, would have had to, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, five optics <laughs> of, uh, of whiskey going straight into him. So, yeah, so, but did you notice the music it was playing? I did not, know. Uh, it became known as well. It was Comanche or Comanche. I don't know how to pronounce it. It was a surf, uh, surf rock tune that became famous in Pulp Fiction and became known as "Bring Out the Gimp." Bring out the gimp. The gimp sleeping. Well, I guess you just have to go wake him up now, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few Pulp Fiction references that thread. Head, isn't there? Uh, well, this was this is one I picked up on. Was there any others you can think of? In earlier episodes, I remember reading somewhere that they were both fans of it, and I would imagine it would have been yeah, like it would have been still still raw back then, like relevant. Yeah, well, it's still relevant. Like it's still what, what was that? We <laughs> uh, it's, it's still it's still an immensely watchable film. That is, yeah. It's still shoot like there's nothing. It's not dead, but can you really? imagine when that came out? Like there was nothing on. Yeah, exactly. It would have just nothing like it. Blowing the water, like blowing everything out of the water. Like, what, what was the edgiest film in 1993? Like, uh, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then next year you have uh, you have the guy from Greece shooting a heroin in a car mm-hmm. while driving, like it, and then Uma Thurman, you're all from. I was about to say Batman, but that was after it. But, uh, <laughs> that was post. Yeah. Post fiction. Yeah, post fiction, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she has a freaking heroin overdose, and then you're all from the commitments. You're sitting there with. And uh, you have a gimp. And you, you have a gimp. <laughs> and, a, and a, you know, male rape. Male rape, yeah. With a death by a. Sodomy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. A mental? Mental? What do you think of the episode then? You forgot to mention one thing. Okay, yes, that's serious. The singing nun. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ted is clearly dis- has like disparaging remarks down the phone and she can hear him yeah. <laughs> she just continues singing she just ignores him yeah yeah well I, I remember you know when you were put on hold and I've never really experienced it before I was like who's playing that music <laughs> <laughs> like, so did you think that somebody just put the phone down beside like yeah, a, a the radio, radio <laughs> there was a speaker playing the music <laughs> Uh, and they had the full call centre uh, set up in the in the convent as yeah. well, which was uh, it, well, 
Okay, call centers wouldn't have been a very big uh, thing back then that I would be aware of. Like maybe travel agents would have had call centers and Ticketmaster and that sort of thing. They wouldn't have been as prevalent as they are now. Like where you know, every other building has one in it. Well, yeah, exactly. I was about to say every other town, but yeah, it is getting close to that where you know every every big building yeah. with a big you know every big building that needs to be leased out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it has a big corporate logo outside it in you know a, a small parochial town. You can guarantee it's a. Yeah. It's a it's a call centre almost, but uh, yeah. Well, what do you think of the episode overall? Solid. I I think it was solid. I don't think it was spectacular. No, it wasn't the best episode, but mm. it definitely wasn't. It, it wasn't bad. Like it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last week we had uh, Land Rabbits episode, and oh, sorry, two weeks ago we had Land Rabbits, and I was really looking forward to it. And when I watched it, 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 it let down. We, we, we think it might have been you know, one of the worst episodes overall that you know when the idea of the episode sort of settled in there was not much else to it yeah and uh, but this this is definitely it's not one of the worst by any, by any means it's solid it wouldn't be a top 5 contender we have about 7 or 8 contenders so far and there'll be more coming up in well next week and series 3 there'll be a few more but this doesn't want mm, maybe not in season 3 <laughs> season 3 yeah well there's a few good ones in season 3 there's a few duds in season three, but it's mostly duds. Nah. Right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get to we get to season three. But uh, Br- bring me back for your uh, post analysis. Well, what I'm going to do, I've decided, is going to have uh, we'll get to each episode. Uh, so we're going to uh, an episode special for the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, our podcast special for the last episode, and then also after that, then a roundup episode where we round up everything, and I'd be yeah. really the top five. And then, po- and then another episode for the Christmas episode. So, but a few to go yet. But uh, yeah, so that all will be revealed. But Lent, now, as I said, we when we were kids, you were sort of forced to go off sweets, and when you, if you're still religious when you're an adult, you went off to drink for a while. Mm-hmm. Even though you got you got your uh, you got your license on Paddy's Day <laughs> to, to yeah. disregard all that. Yeah, and Sundays. And Sundays. So like, it wasn't really that much of a sacrifice if you no. truly want to, <laughs> you know. If, if God is that uh, narcissistic he needs you to make these sacrifices you're not fucking indulging him very well on the other hand if you're Muslim during Ramadan mm-hmm. they don't eat yeah. during daylight hours Yeah, and it's not just uh, and it was like the longest one this year because it's during the summer well exactly I was about to say, I've never heard this early like I, uh, the earliest I'd ever seen it since I became aware of this which was back in uni and, uh, I got to know quite a lot of Muslims but uh, the the earliest that I'd known it was August mm-hmm. yeah, even August you know sunsets at like 10 o'clock or something yeah. and sunrise is about 5 uh, but yeah it was in the middle of June so it's the hardest time of the year yeah. so they're not eating from like you know 12 midnight uh, well from 6 in the morning to 12 midnight they cannot eat I'm not even sure well they can eat well they, yeah they, <laughs> they have the, uh, the they have the ability yeah, to eat the, the, the motor skills yeah. to, to put food but into they're, they're not meant to eat yes exactly yeah. uh, and that is actual sacrifice like that is hard going. Yeah, and that, that's just the that's just the. I get very reasons. cranky after missing one meal. Never yeah. mind not eating up until. Yeah, if, if I don't have breakfast, I don't feel right at all all day. Yeah. Whereas if you go all day without eating, and uh, yeah, it's like so. Come on, up your game, fucking Kenyans, would you, <laughs> Catholics? But the, the, as a child, giving up sweets, that is a big sacrifice. Like, well, if you if you're actually doing it. Well, I mean. It's probably just a sign you're eating far too many fucking sweets, <laughs> or you're throwing too many sweets at your child to shut them up, which is a fucking stupid fucking logic, because all it does is give them a load of sugar energy, mm. and sugar rush, 
and they're going to be even louder. It's like, you know, I've seen people, you know, somebody's been a real fucking pain in the arse drunk. And so what's your solution? Here, I'll get you another drink, sure. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, that's the fucking last thing you need. You come back down with a glass of water then? Well, the only <laughs> time I have given vodka. In fact, somebody's done that to me. Uh, we, were, uh, we were in a pub in a moment and uh, somebody had ordered shots, but the barman said, I'm not giving him vodka. Uh, you have water, and I didn't tell the difference anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, of no consequence. <laughs> it was probably for the best. So you know, responsible, responsible bar staffing there by Bogans, you know. But uh, yeah, there's free advertising there. But yeah, as you said, it wasn't wasn't a spectacular episode, but you know, did the job. And as you said, a solid episode is much better than a yeah, well, a solid follow Ted episode is still a good. Well, we were saying a bad Father Ted episode is still a good sitcom. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's going to be my head of your world. I mean, there's none that you would actively avoid if it was on TV. Uh, when they're showing the reruns, you don't go, oh, I'm not watching it. I have, I have had one where I do avoid it. It's the Victor Meldry one, the main man. Ah, yes. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to come... With Graham Norton? With Graham Norton come back, and that's not the reason. It's actually Victor Meldry is the reason that I fucking hate it. But you know, I'm coming back to it now, having been away for. Well, I, I actually do like the the Graham Norton character. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the character is great. Yeah, uh, it was just. Well, see, when it came out, and I'll explain this more when they when we do the podcast. But when it came out, it's like that was that sitcom was everywhere. Yeah, one foot in the grave. It was like. I still remember the theme tune. It was the wee turtoys yeah. everywhere, and it was just such a fucking middle of the road non-event of a sitcom mm. that BBC One viewers loved in Radio Times and Daily Mail. I, I hated it. And yeah, uh, it, not nothing stands out from the show apart from his catchphrase. His catchphrase, yeah. It's like the uh, Ricky Gervais extras. His yes, when the whistle blows. Yeah, <laughs> when the wind blows. Is that when, what it is? No, it's when the whistle blows, but uh, Stephen Merchant's character calls it when the wind blows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think there is a TV show now called When the Wind Blows. Is there? Or, or a film or something. Like that. Nobody made that connection yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, so that sort of put my defences up already towards the episode, so that might have coloured it a wee bit, mm. so we'll come back to it and see, see if it does. But that just means that. You just fast forward through there. Well, exactly, that's what I'm going to say. It just means that the episode is now horribly dated. Yeah, because somebody watching that now has no idea what that what that's about or how annoying that was, and how annoying it must have been for Richard Wilson who played Victor. Yeah, but we'll come to that uh, in the episode. But uh, thanks very much for coming down, Turby. You're uh, you're welcome. One of my one of my solid solid fans, <laughs> fam. So how's Pokemon Go going? It's going. How many eggs have you hatched now? You're all you're walking. I don't know. Yeah, teens. It's in the teens. It's I know. In the teens. Well, uh, a bit, bit of a bit of a life pro tip there for Pokemon Go fans. If you want to, if you want to really hatch your eggs, walk. Well, <laughs> get, get a job in catering, like be a, be a waiter or something, because you'd be walking about eleven kilometers every day, and that'll hatch about uh, four eggs or something. Yeah. Well, does it go up every you time? You get two ki- kilometer ones, five kilometer ones, and ten kilometer ones. So and the the more you have to walk, the rarer the Pokemon is when they hatch. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday, as we always are, just in time for Mass. You'll find us on facebook.com slash ecumenicalmatters. Uh, please like and subscribe us. Uh, find us on iTunes, give us a rating and review. And bless you. <laughs>